Greetings, this is Pastor Stan Harvey of the Pentecostals of Sydney. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. It is our hope that this message, whether it be a Sunday service or a midweek lesson, would be a blessing and a help to you in your spiritual journey. Stay connected with us on our website, posydney.com, or on our numerous social media platforms. Now to the service. Amen. We also have our church down in Wollongong. They have their uh, a church dedication today. They've got a new church building. We will we'll be down there at 5 o'clock at Port Kembla. And we are installing Pastor Brad and Sister Chelsea. For those of you that know Sister Chelsea, she's from this church initially. And uh, her and her husband are taking over uh, the work there. And we're doing that installation today at 5 o'clock. You're all welcome to attend uh, if you can drive for an hour south. Numbers, the book of Numbers, chapter 7. We are closing out our series, our sermon series that is also our theme for this year. It's called For His Glory. And we've been looking into uh, how the Bible is, is filled with this idea of glory, the glory of God. We do all things, the Bible says, whatever you do in word or deed, do all to the glory of God. And, uh, and we want to continue and finish off of this series. Numbers chapter 7, it is our custom to stand if you're able to. If you're not able to, please remain seated. Uh, number 7, and verse we're going to read from verse 3 to verse 9. Amen. If you have it, say amen. If not, say oh man. Verse 3, it says, And they brought their offering before the Lord, six covered wagons and twelve oxen, a wagon for two of the princes and for each, uh, for each one an ox. And they brought them before the tabernacle. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take it of them, that they may be to do the service of the tabernacle of the congregation. And thou shalt give them unto the Levites, to every man according to this to his service. And Moses took the wagons and the oxen and gave them unto the Levites, two wagons, and there are three families, three major families that makes up the tribe of Levi. And he mentions them here. Verse 7, two wagons and four oxen he gave unto the sons of Gershon. That's one of the families according to their service. And four wagons and eight oxen he gave unto the sons of Merari according unto their service. That's the other family, Merari, that makes up the tribe of Levi. Under the hand of Ithamar, the son of Aaron, the priest. And then verse 9, it's a final verse. It says, but unto the sons of Kohath, this is the final family, the third family, he gave none, nothing, zero, nada, zilch. He gave none. Because the service of the sanctuary belonging unto them was that they should bear upon their shoulders. I want to talk to you today on the burden of God's glory. The burden of God's glory. Would you lift your voices one more time? And let's ask God to bless the ministry of His Word. Our Heavenly Father, we sense your presence. Your spirit is here, moving in the midst of your people. Lord, we ask you now that you would open our hearts, our spirits, Lord God. We are ready. Minds are willing. And we're asking you, Lord, to minister to us, that you would cause the living word to preach the written word. 
And that, Lord God, we will not fail to give you the glory as you anoint your people and your servant. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you clap your hands one more time? Thanking God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Hallelujah. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. As the children of Israel were preparing to enter into Canaan, after 40 years of being in the wilderness, uh, the, the Lord would allocate land to each of the 12 tribes of Israel. All of them except for one of the tribes. The tribes are made up of, were, uh, um, from the lineage of each of the sons of Jacob. And so all of the tribes, only 11 tribes were allocated land in the nation of what is today Israel. And so all tribes were given land except for the tribe of Levi. The tribe of Levi were to be a priestly tribe. They were to be responsible for the, the ordinations, the, the uh, practice of the religious ordinances and services that took place in Israel. They were responsible for setting up the tabernacle. The tabernacle is like a, a portable tent that was used that housed the precious holy instruments and furnishings that, that represented the presence of the Lord. The tabernacle was often set up in the midst of the camp of the nation of Israel. This was where uh, the Holy Spirit, the glory, Shekinah glory of God would descend upon the children of Israel. And so the, the Levites were not given any land. They were given each tribe eventually gave them a bit of land for them to, have, to be able to have some, some livestock so that they can survive. Uh, they were living off the donations, as it were, of the other tribes because the inheritance of the Levites is not land, but the Lord. Amen. Amen. Some of you parents can say that to your kids. Uh, I don't have an inheritance to give you, but the Lord is your inheritance. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Some of you baby boomers, you know, the skiers, you spend kids' inheritance, right? Uh, you can say the Lord is your inheritance. But that was the Levites' inheritance. They didn't get any land. And so they would have to get donations. And some of those donations were like this. They were oxen and, and carts. Uh, that would be the modern-day equivalent to a, a utility vehicle, a, a four-wheel drive perhaps. And so they were given to the, uh, the, uh, the Levite priests. And so that they can use it to carry uh, their equipment, their stuff. And the two tribes, the two families that makes up the Levit Levitical tribe, uh, Gershon and the uh, Merari, were given oxen. Uh, Gershon was given uh, uh, carts, two, two wagons, and, and uh, four oxen. So two oxen per wagon. And then the tribe of Merari get, gets given uh, six wagons and 12 oxen. Uh, and, and it was distributed to them. And so you can just imagine that day, you know, and as they're waiting there in line, receiving, waiting to receive their inheritance that, you know, Moses says, okay, here you go, Gershon, this is yours. Merari, here is yours. And then there's the Kohathites. They're standing there saying, okay, uh, what about me? Where, where's my stuff? Where's my inheritance? And Moses turned to them and said, uh, no, sorry, you don't get anything. You get none. 
because what you're going to do, what you're responsible for, is you are going to be carrying the most holy and prized furnishings in all of Israel, and that is the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, the, what's in the Holy of Holies was this wooden box that was overlaid with gold, and, and it was had a lid, a golden lid, with two uh, angels whose wings touched, and the two angels would be looking down at the surface of the lid, and that would be called the mercy seat, and there would be two sticks or staves that would go through on the corners of the box so that they can carry it on their shoulders. I wish I had one here. Uh, to show you, but uh, most of you would understand what it looks like. They also had to carry the golden lampstand, which was a large lampstand that was in the holy place, a table for the shoe bread. There was also the altar of incense. There was the brazen altar. All of these things that were so valuable. And God said, I don't want something that precious to be carried in a wagon pulled by beasts of burden. He said that is something that is so valuable that it can only be carried by the hands of man and resting upon the shoulders of mankind. And so I'm sorry Kohathites, I'm sorry Mr. Kohath that you are not allocated any of these other resources that's given to other people. They could have been upset. They could have said well that's that's just not fair. They got stuff we didn't get anything. And said well you're not getting anything because what you are getting is something that is so precious and so valuable that even though you're not getting an allocation of material yet you, there is nobody no other family in Israel that is closer to the glory of God that is closer because the Ark of the Covenant represented the presence of God it represented the glory of God and there is nobody that is closer to the presence of God than you are yes it might not be fair it might not be equal it might be unjust to you that you don't get what others get but you are getting something else that God intended can I tell you here today, brothers and sisters, it's very easy for us, even as Christians, to become discouraged when we look around us and we look at our neighbors beside us and we begin this silly game called comparison. And, and somebody said, comparison is the thief to joy. Amen. You want to lose your joy? Start comparing yourself to somebody that's better off than you. And when we look around and we think life is unfair, how come they're blessed with this? And how come they're blessed with with money and how come they're blessed with good looks and how come they're blessed with with, 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 a, with a wife that can cook and, and mine can't. How come they're blessed with a husband that's got six-pack abs and, and mine doesn't? And you might look around you and think how unfair life is. But can I tell you that, that even if you have nothing, if you are here and you've got the least of your brethren, if you have the least of those around you, can I tell you that whatever unfairness there is in life whatever pain you might be suffering whatever lack that you may have and have not can I tell you that it is all designed to bring you closer into your relationship with almighty God 
Hallelujah. Can I tell you here today that it is God's principle that the greater the pain, the greater the gain, that the greater the suffering, the greater the glory. You might be missing things in your life. You might be in pain. You might think, well, my brothers and my sisters, they were my folks' favorite. They had it all going for them. I was the black sheep of the family. I was the runt of the litter, and I didn't get it all. Can I tell you if you are here today in the grace of God, your pain, your suffering, it's designed to bring you closer to the presence of God. It's designed to bring you into the glory of Almighty God. I've come to tell you here today, whatever's missing in your life, look to Jesus. Reach out to the Lord. Hallelujah. Friends told me a long time ago, they said to me, well, you, when I left the world, when I turned my back on sin and immorality, decided to be one of you folks, one of a Christian. And, you know, I used to think, well, I'll never be a churchy. Look at all these goody two-shoes churchies. I, I never thought I would be one. But when I needed God and I came to the Lord, my friends in the world told me, they said, you're only a Christian because you're not strong enough. You couldn't make it in the world like us. And, and I used to think of that as an insult I said yeah maybe I'm so weak I need God but then when I came to think about it a little later on I came to understand you know something they're right they are right because I was so weak I was so in despair my mind was racked with drugs and I was in depression thank God that I was so weak I was not strong enough because only then this little proud heart decided I need God in my life I need the Lord can I tell you when you are weak then you are strong you are never stronger than when you are weak before God because then God becomes your strength God becomes your savior he becomes your deliverer oh don't ever get to the place where I'm so strong I don't need God thank God for our weakness Hallelujah. I'm sorry. I don't mean to scream. Okay, I'm going to keep quiet. I'm sorry. I'll try. I'll try to keep, keep this down. You know, this is, uh, the Bible tells us that they had to carry the, 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 all of these furnishings upon their shoulders. Because the furnishings of God, it was too precious to be put on the back of, of a wagon. A wagon led by an ox, an ox cart, if you will. Because you remember the story when David tried to get the Ark of the Covenant out from the house of, of, of Abinadab. And when they brought it and the, the, the oxen moved and the Ark was beginning to tip. And, and a man by the name of Uzzah put his hand out to steady the Ark. Remember that story? And the Bible says that he dropped dead. Because the ark was not user-friendly. You can't. And he, he dropped dead because you just can't touch the things of God. Uh, somebody tells somebody else what that joke is later on. I, maybe I didn't say it right. But you can't mess around with the things of God. It is so powerful. It is so precious. 
that God said, I don't want this thing to be led by some man-made stuff. It's got to be led on the shoulders of man. And can I tell you, if you want the presence of God, you can't you can circumvent the presence of God. It's not a machinery. It's not a program. It's not a building. But when there is a heart that is hungry, when there's a spirit that is desiring, that is thirsty for something real, if you are here today, no matter what circumstance of life you may be in, but there's a hunger with inside of you. There's a desire deep in your spirit for something more. Come on, you've tried it already. You've tried everything the world has to offer. It hasn't brought you any satisfaction. You tried money. You tried partying. You tried a, a lifestyle that is against God's word and still there's an emptiness in your soul. Can I tell you, if you try Jesus, God said that if you hunger and thirst if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. If you desire God today, you can have him. If you're hungry for God today, he can fill you with the Holy Ghost. If you want God to come into your life, if there's a desperation to say, God, I need you. Oh, I promise you, he will come to you. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. You can't circumvent the things of God. But when you have a heart that is willing and hungry and says, yes, maybe you've, been, maybe you've been overlooked for that job. Maybe you've suffered injustice in your life. Maybe you've grown up being struggling with your own self-esteem and wondering why God. Uh, maybe you've grown up wishing and wondering why couldn't I have been blessed to be six foot tall? Confession time now. Why couldn't I have been blessed to be able to at least touch the ring of a basketball court? And you can, you can cry and you can weep all you want to because of some injustice that happens. But can I tell you, when you are walking with God, when you are living for the Lord, and yet there is injustice, you're still suffering, there's people talking about you, you overlooked for that ministry, people backstabbing you, and you say, what is going on? Listen to me. The more you suffer, the more the glory of God is produced in your life. Listen, the glory of God is sometimes a burden on the shoulders of men. But listen to me. You are walking with Him. You can have the presence of the Spirit of Almighty God dwelling on the inside of you hallelujah so I'm sorry Kohathites you think that I've become a Christian now I'm going to get the, the numbers to the lotto I'm going to get that powerball I'm going to get my ideal job everything's going to work out no he never promised that but what he did promise you know, they said that the uh, Ark of the Covenant could weigh between anywhere between 400 to 700 kilos. I don't know if that's true or not, but you're talking about pure gold. And there, I, I, could, I could just imagine, they're, they're putting that on their shoulders. They're walking in the desert sun. In the middle of a dry desert with the, the sun beating down on them. And they see their brothers in their ox carts going past them. Like, look at this guy. Look. Riding that oxen, and here I am. But listen, they did not have the nearness. They had the closeness to the glory of God. 
They had upon their shoulders the presence of Almighty God. Nobody was closer to the presence of God than these people, than the one family of the Kohathites that allowed them to walk with God. Listen to me. Whatever burden you're under, the, the anointing oil, remember that the anointing, how anointing oil is produced is that they take the herbs of the myrrh, the frankincense, they put it in a mortar and pestle and they begin to crush it. They begin to squeeze it and then the oil will begin to flow over that and they will use that to anoint the furnishings. Can I tell you that's how it works. The more suffering you go through, you don't gain the anointing by going to a program you don't gain the anointing because of your talent or ability but the anointing is produced when you are suffering when you go through pain the Holy Ghost anointing will flow begin to flow through your life that's why you can hear somebody and not understand what what is it about them that's ministering to me there's something powerful you know what it is they've been through the valley they've been through the desert they've been through the wilderness They've been through trial and tribulation. And so quit complaining over spilt milk. Don't complain about what, what injustices you have. Oh, I wish I had a nicer nose. I wish my ears were pinned back. I wish I had this, that, or the other. Whatever pain you're going through, God is going to use that to squeeze the oil of the anointing through your life to reach a lost world, to reach this lost society. Hallelujah. This is not a long message. I want you to understand something. The sons of Kohath, the Bible says he gave none, but they did get something. They did get the, the Ark of the Covenant. They did get to carry the most prized and precious furnishings, but they also got one other thing. What God gave the Kohathites. He says, guess what, Kohathites? I'm going to give you something else. I said, okay, well, wonder what it is. Maybe some, some new shoes, walking shoes, some Air Maxes. Give us some, some horses. That would be good. He says, no, I'm just going to, I'm going to give you a song. Come again. <laughs> God gave the Kohathites to help them with the burden, just a song. We can easily dismiss that and say, well, okay, everybody's got a song. Well, big deal. What's so good about a song? Well, 2 Chronicles tells us in verse number 19, of verse number 18, it says, Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord. And see, the, the children of Israel were faced with an enemy that would come against them. Three armies, a combination of three armies that were going to fight them. And then verse 19, it says, And the Levites, or the children of the Kohathites, and of the children of the Korhites, stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel with a loud voice. So here they are facing an army. And they're, the Israelites, they're, they're, their opponents, start singing them, starts uh, uh, singing to them a song. Starts serenading them. 
in the middle of, of they're about to have a, a war, a battle with the clashes of swords and shields and spears. And here they are, the Korathites, begin to praise God with a loud voice. And then it says in verse number 21, And when he had consulted with the people, he appointed singers unto the Lord, and that should praise the beauty of holiness as they went out before the army to say, Praise the Lord, for his mercy endures forever. And when they began to sing, watch this, and to praise the Lord, the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten that day. Say, what's so good about a song? In the middle of that battle, they set their Kohathites in arrangement and say, okay, here's how we're going to fight. We're going to fight with a song because our song is our weapon. Our praise is our weapon. Who does that? Yeah, you know, maybe you do a haka or something before the fight. Maybe, you know, come on, you pump yourself up. Come on, we're going to fight. No, they start singing, praise the Lord. His mercy endureth forever. <laughs> Hallelujah. And when they sang, God set ambushments and destroyed the three armies and smote them that day. And God gave them the victory. Listen to me. Don't underestimate the power of your song. You might be facing the biggest battle of your life and you think, I don't have the answers. I don't have the money. I don't know how I'm going to get through tomorrow. But listen, if you are here today and you've got a song in your heart, you've got a praise in your mouth. You sing. You said, that's all I got. I don't have anything else. I don't have a praise. All I have is a praise of song to the almighty God. And when you do, you keep singing. You keep worshiping. You lift up your voice and begin to lift up the name of the Lord Jesus. And I'm telling you, God can do something in your situation. He can turn it around. He can open a door for you. Oh, are you hearing what I'm saying? Anybody ever been in some kind of prison when you've been held captive? The Bible says at midnight when Paul and Silas were locked up in chains and stocks in the middle of the night when everybody had gone to sleep, they knew that the next day they were going to be executed. What did they do? They didn't cry. They didn't complain. They didn't whinge to each other. They simply began to pray and sing praises unto God. They had such a praise break that God had to break into the prison and unloose their shackles and their chains and they were set free that day. Oh, whatever's troubling you, whatever's got you with your back against the wall, lift up your voice. Don't lose your song. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm not preaching just some name and claim it kind of theology, but I do believe there's power in praise. I do believe that when we refuse to let the circumstances of life and we refuse to, to allow the devil to lie to us and tell us we'll never make it by simply saying, no way, devil, you're not going to steal my song. I've still got a song in my heart and I'm going to praise him. 
I'm going to worship God with everything that is within me. Oh, until my dying breath, until I can't lift him up anymore. You can take my money. You can take my house. You can even take my, my breath. But you can't take away my worship unto Almighty God. Hallelujah. Oh, praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That's all they had. Oh, but don't underestimate the power of music. You know musical notes? Have you ever thought about it? Musical notes are universal. An A, the note A in music is the same note A here in Sydney as it would be over there in the Sahara in Africa, over there in North America, wherever it is, it's universal. Ever thought about that? Some say it gives proof and attestation to the existence of God. Because why is it that we have these musical notes from A to G, and we don't have any more after G. You know, there's no, no uh, Z or X or R. Well, maybe some of you singing some of those notes today. I don't know. No offense. But it's universal. Ever thought about that? How come there isn't other notes? And why is it that we even have notes? And it, the only way, when you begin to study of where it comes from, the only, way, the only logical conclusion that it had to have to come from a mind, somebody that was understanding, somebody that was incredibly powerful and anointed and gifted that uses that. And that's what he gave to the children of Kohath and he gave to the children of Israel is to sing your songs. No wonder the writer says, that's why everything we do in this church, we do what the Bible has commanded us to do that's why it says to make a joyful noise unto the Lord and we do that it says to clap your hands all you people to shout unto God with a voice of triumph the Bible says to jump for joy to leap the Bible says that we can run through a troop and we can climb over a wall amen the Bible tells us to lift our hands in the sanctuary the Bible says to shout amen I'm sorry if this is a little too quiet too loud for you I'm so we're not trying to offend anybody but can I tell you that heaven is going to be louder the Bible says the hallelujahs are going to roll like thunder hallelujah don't underestimate the power of your praise. And you can praise him anytime. I like what one preacher said. I praise him anytime. I praise him all the time because he can bless me anytime. I praise him wherever I am. On the job. In the school. In the house of God. I'm going to worship God. Hallelujah. Remember the story of little Willie, little Willie Myrick. In the United States a few years ago, little African-American boy, somebody carjacked their car, took him in the car, in the back of the car. Horrible, horrible situation for the family. Little Willie, he was only like seven years old, six years old, and he was in the back as the carjacker was driving away. And he was a bit scared. He was frightened when they interviewed him. And they said, so Willie, what did you do? He said, well... I just began to sing the song that we were singing at church. And he sang it over and over and over and over again. That song was very simply, uh, every praise is to our God. Every word of worship is to our God. And he sang it over and over again until the carjacker couldn't handle it anymore. 
He pulled over the car to the side and said, get out. Get out of this car. And Willie was set free. Can I tell you, it's not annoying to God when we worship him over and over again. You might not have the greatest singing voice. You might not sound like some of these singers. Oh, but if you worship from the depth of your heart, it will be like like sweet-smelling savor to the nostril of your savior. It is the sound of melody that he enjoys. Come on, somebody. Sing your song. Hallelujah. Your song might not be my song. Your trial might not be my trial. But you sing your song. You sing it with everything that you've got. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Okay, I I got to calm down. I got to stop. Hallelujah. Joshua 6 and 20, the Bible says the people, when they shouted, The priest blew the trumpets, and it came to pass when the people heard the sound of the trumpet, and the people shouted with a great shout, that the wall fell down flat, so the people went up into the city. Every man straight before him, and they took the city. Just from worshiping God, from praising him, because the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people Israel. When we begin to praise God, we create a house for the Lord. This building is not the house. It's when you and I are singing. And and for some of us, for the first time this week, we were all in sync. When we were singing those songs, we were singing the same words. We were singing the same melody. It brought us into unity. And when we become united, I'm telling you, that's when the power of God, when the body is one, That's when it's moving in the way that it was designed to move. That's why in in, in the book of Acts chapter 2, the Bible says when they were in one accord, in one place, suddenly there came a sound from heaven. When we come united together, singing the same song, that's why you see armies, they do it all the time. Armies, when they're marching, they're singing their song. They're, they're hyping themselves up because it unifies, it galvanizes the body of people. Amen. When you see movements like revolutions, it's, they always have a theme song that galvanizes them together. Listen, when we gather together and unite with one voice and sing worship unto God, that's why the power of God can start to manifest. People start getting healed in the worship services. People start feeling their, their weights and their burdens lifting up in the middle of the worship why? Because the power of God is beginning to manifest. He's coming into his house. And when we lift up our voices together in unity, we are never more where the presence of God can fall. Oh, hallelujah. That's why I love this Pentecostal church. When I first came in here, you know, I didn't grow up in a Pentecostal church. I grew up in a church where you can hear a pin drop. Well, I didn't know anybody there. I thought I had to learn to sing in Latin. Domino I'm not, I'm not trying to be uh, condescending in any way, but that, that's, that was my experience. When I came to this church, it was in our old building in Belmore, in Burwood Street, Belmore. They, they sat me right in the front row. I'd never seen anything like it. My, my brother, Brother Mo, he was the one that brought me. We were sitting in the front row. And I'm thinking, man, bro, these guys are crazy. These guys done lost their mind. 
The building was old. You know, the floorboards were scary. They were like, they looked like the waves of the sea. But that place was, was something in there. There was something in me as a young 19-year-old in my heart. I said, man, I can feel something here. What is this? And I thought maybe it's just the drugs that were still in my system. I think I'm hearing things. I, <laughs> but people were jumping up and down. They, they were climbing the walls and biting the ceilings. They were swinging from the chandelier. I'm just looking around me and said, man, who are these crazy people? Is this an asylum or something? I'm looking inside, but I'm telling you there's something there that was so powerful. I, t I took two steps. I took two steps from the front row, bowed my knee, didn't know much about this God thing, but I said, God, if, if you are as real as these people are acting like you're real, I want you. And that night before I left that altar, God filled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. I was speaking in a language I didn't understand. But all I can remember is my mind was, man, this is better than the nightclub. This is better than the drugs. This is better than alcohol. This is better than living in a moral life. You know why? Because I tried all of that. It brought me nothing but depression. It brought me nothing but losing my mind. It brought me nothing but emptiness. Oh, but when I had God, the Spirit of the Lord, filling my heart, He gave me a new song. I stopped singing those R&B hip. I started singing. I started singing glory unto God. Now I wasn't just singing about a girl. I was singing about my Savior. The only one who was worthy of my worship. The only one who was worthy of giving my all to God. Oh, hallelujah. I had to change the record. You know? If, if you're going, you just, your life is just the one same going around the same circle over and over, the same cycle of dysfunction and toxic thinking and behavior. You, 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 if it's like somebody says, it's like a broken record. No, broken record, it just, those of you maybe that are old like me, we used to have vinyls. Remember the vinyls? We used to be able to scratch real easy. Want to be DJ? If there's a scratch, there's a problem, it'll just go over and over the same thing, the same part of the song over and over. You'll never get to the, the next song. And so what you got to do, if you've got a broken record mentality, because the definition of insanity is, is doing the same things over and over and thinking you're going to get different results. Not going to happen. But what you can do is simply change the record. If the record is broken, put a new song in there. Put a new LP in there. There's a new vinyl called the gospel of Jesus Christ. The God who came to this world and robed himself in humanity, picked up his cross. He was beaten and battered and bruised and he was nailed to a cross. He shed his blood so that he could pay for our sins. It means now that we don't have to live with the guilt of sin, with the guilt of shame of who we were in the past but when we repent and believe and we step into the waters of baptism, God the Bible says he washes away our sins. Never to be remembered again hallelujah can I tell you the water is warm ish 
that you can get baptized today if you've never been baptized to wash away your sins calling on the name of Jesus the Bible says in Mark 16 16 he that believes and is baptized shall be saved shall be saved Peter said repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins oh hallelujah and you can start to sing a new song oh every praise is to our God every word of worship I'm not going to sing to you because my voice is too hoarse right now every word of worship in one accord change that record instead of that unbreak my heart and get all depressed oh, unbreak my Hey, I, I used to love baby face too. But there's nothing like singing glory to God. Musicians, you can come. Hi, Esther. Maybe we weren't born gifted. Maybe you, all of your life, you felt short of never being able to live up to expectations, whether it's expectations of your family or society as a whole. Somehow we feel like we've, you know, you know, Jesus talked about the parable, some were given five talents, some given two, one was given only one. Maybe that's you today. I've only got one talent, and that's Tetris. But no matter how limited, and regardless of how difficult, in fact, the more difficult your life has been, the more God's glory can shine within your life. Hallelujah. The Bible tells us the commands are there from the Word of God. That's why everything we do in this church, is, it's in Scripture. We don't whistle in this church, not because it's necessarily evil or anything, we don't, but it's just not in the Bible. It doesn't say whistle unto the Lord. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but, but we just try to stick to Scripture as close as we can. It says clap, shout, dance, jump. In fact, let me read to you what the Scripture says. Psalms 150. The Bible says, praise ye the Lord. And again, there's no parenthesis in this. It's a command. He didn't say, okay, when, when life is good, then praise the Lord. When you're happy, then make a happy noise. No, there's no conditions. It's a command that we simply obey. Whether it's a good day or a bad day, whether you're having a good hair day or a bad hair day, whether you got money in your pocket, don't have money. Hallelujah. That's why when you come through the doors on Sunday morning, there ought to be a dance already in your step just saying, come on, I'm ready. Amen. Don't, you don't have to wait for the song leader to pump you up and prime you up. Hallelujah. Because we've been worshiping God all week. When we come to the house, this is it. We're going to combine our worship together. We're going to praise Him. Hallelujah. 
Uh, you know, you remember what it's like dancing in the clubs. You know, if you think about it now, how silly we look, you know, dancing around somebody. Now you don't have to dance with somebody. You don't have to get old. You can begin to dance for him. In fact, he commands us to sing to one another. Did you know that? The Bible says, sing to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. There's something powerful that praise is not meant to be private or personal. Praise is meant to be in public in the midst of the people of God. That's why he says, come, let us worship together. Who are they talking to? They're talking to each other. That's why we praise. Because when I see my brother lift up his hands, there's something does something within me. Oh, I know he's been through the battle. And he's here praising God. I know he's been through a trial. And he's here running for the Lord. If he can do it, I can do it. If he can praise him, I can praise him. Watch this. Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in the sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. You just read your Bible. See what kind of God we serve. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him, watch this, with the sound of the trumpet. Come on, Brother Ray. Give us a high C. Praise him. I think that was a, a B. <laughs> Thank you. Praise him with a sultry and a harp. Come on, you harpists, you guitarists, come on. Praise him with a guitar, with a harp. Come on, you can do better than that. You're not on, I can't hear anything. There we go. Praise him with a sultry, a piano, and a harp. Praise him with a timbrel. We got a tambourine around here. We used to have some ladies dance with the tambourines up here. Praise him with a timbrel and with a dance. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. Somebody got to dance. This is a commandment. This is not a request. It's a command. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. There it is again. I had different names. Praise him with the loud sounding cymbals. Praise him upon the high sounding cymbals. Watch this verse number six. Let everything that has breath. Have you got a breath in you? Praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Watch this. Psalms 149 and 5. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Be happy in the glory of God. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. See, it's likening worship to a weapon. To execute, the Bible says, vengeance upon the heathen punishments upon the people to bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron to execute upon them the judgment written 
dishonor have all his saints. Come on, the devil's been at you all week. You can bind him with chains. You can execute judgment with a sword when you begin to praise God. We're gonna do that right now. Come out of your seats. Find a place at this altar. We're gonna have a praise break to worship God. Hallelujah. Come on. Declare His goodness. Shout for joy. Get happy. Get happy.
telling you, even when we praise just then, if you've got, if you still got your song, even if he doesn't change the situation, something's changing inside of you. I'm not going to be the same. The early church, they didn't have Bibles. They didn't have the Bibles like we have now. But you know how they remember the gospel? They sang songs. They would sing praises unto God until it became a part of their spirit. Until it became a part of their identity of who they are. Amen. You want to go home? Should we praise just a little bit more? Here's Psalms 47. A psalm for the sons of Korah, the Korathites. Oh, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. For the Lord Most High is terrible. He is a great king over all the earth. He shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises unto our king. Sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing ye praises. God reigns over the heathen. God sitteth upon the throne of his holiness. Come on, let's sing one more time. This time, whatever your needs are, believe that God's already met those needs and show him your gratitude and thankfulness for him. the work already done.